I became a Christian back in 1988, and uh, I was in those days um, well off financially. Uh, as a result of um, things that went wrong in uh, various ways, uh, we lost everything. And uh, at that time, I became a Christian. It's a long story, and I won't go into the detail of it, but uh, as I became a Christian, uh, the Christian family that built up around me uh, started to say to me, uh, let's pray for your business. So they'd come to a half night of prayer, and we pray for the business, and uh, it all felt good, but uh, the bank didn't agree. <laughs> and uh, as a result of it, uh, we got to a place where we were going to lose the house. Uh, we'd already lost the car through the limited company going bust, etc. So uh, I'm painting that picture for you so you can see a little bit of background of where I was coming from. You see, I used to worship money uh, before I realised that Jesus was Lord of my life. And so I became a Christian, um, but I used to go out onto the field near my home and I would scream at God because I couldn't figure out what was happening to me. Uh, my children, uh, my wife, they were with me. Uh, I wasn't losing them, but I felt as if I was losing everything else. It's like standing on shifting sand. None of it made any sense to me. And I would go uh, out onto the field and I'd just scream at God. And I'd cry and I'd scream and I'd say, I don't know what to do. Help me, God. You know, I've given my life to you. What the heck is going on? I'm losing everything. What is happening in my life? And one particular morning, uh, we used to have a, a prayer meeting, meet at my place on a, six o'clock in the morning, once a week. And uh, one morning, I'd been screaming at God uh, that afternoon. I went to bed. I tossed and turned. I didn't sleep. Uh, we'd got a meeting with the bank in a couple of days' time, and I'd got all this going around in my head. And God was not speaking to me. And I, if I'm being honest with you, I was miserable. I could not figure out what was going on. And this uh, breakfast meeting came. Well, it wasn't a breakfast meeting. Just we used to come in the morning, and we'd have a cup of tea together. And uh, we used to share our stuff, uh, six men, share our stuff, and then pray about it. So that, and it was okay, it was fine. I enjoyed doing it, I enjoyed the company of the other guys. So um, that particular morning, uh, I opened the door very grudgingly, said, come in, here's your tea. You know. <laughs> um, and they said, so what's going on in your life? So I said, do you really want to know? So I poured it out with great um, vehemence, as you can imagine. And uh, they said, okay, well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next guy. And the next guy was um, a chap who'd got a one-year-old son who was not sleeping well at night. And uh, he said, what, what we're doing is we're going in and we're collecting him and he's, he calms down. We take him into our bed. Anybody who's a parent will understand this. Uh, and he calms down. But if you put him back in the bed, he just screams the place down again. So he said, uh, so what I heard God say to me um, in these last few days, and bear in mind this is 27 years ago, so it's probably not good advice these days. He said, what I hear God saying to me is, um, make sure he knows that you love him, and then you have to step back, because there's a lesson he has to learn through the dark of the night, mm. that he's actually safe, 
but he has to go through that process. Otherwise, all you do is you just bring him back into your bed every night. Now, how many parents in the room will recognise that as good advice? Here's what happened to me. God spoke to me right there and then and said, that is what you are going through, Alan. And it is for your good. And I heard that as clear as a bell. And that's when I knew that God was for me and not against me. And we went through the process and we lost the house, we lost the car, we lost the business. As a result of which, um, I ended up back in teaching. And the story goes, as you probably know, uh, I became a head teacher and became a father to lots and lots of people. And I do that now spiritually uh, across across the, the, the land. But it comes from me knowing that God is for me, not against mm. me. So let's fast forward now. So I was in New Frontiers and I'd uh, you know, become a home group leader and all the rest of it. And then I started leading church and all the rest of that. Here's the fast forward. I go to America in 2011 and I hear a guy called Steve Backland. And Steve Backland says, you can take a lie and you can laugh at the lie and it will fizz and pop like a bubble and the truth will set you free. And that is what happened to me. So I started to look at the lies that I was believing in my life and, and realising that actually if you're joyful through it, if you step into it, um, that is what happens. Now, that was the practicality of it all. Fast forward a little bit further to uh, November 2014. Um, by then I'd been in school for, in the uh, ESSL for two, get on for three years. And Pete had taught me, pray to God through tongues 24-7. Learn what it's like to do that. And that's what I did. And I've been doing that ever since. So 2014, um, end of the summer, I got this kind of thing going on in my eye, uh, a kind of shadow. I went to the opticians. And the optician, you could tell by the look on his face, something was going on sent me to uh, the hospital immediately and cut long story short they discovered a cancer inside my eye as a result of which uh, in November my eye was removed my right eye was removed through all of that I knew that God was for me not against me through all of that I knew that he was working through all of that circumstance there was a guy who, uh, he was the anaesthetist, came up and uh, introduced himself. And as he introduced himself, I saw this little gold cross hanging on his neck. And he said to me, there's no need to be fearful, Alan. Uh, I'm going to be with you all the way through this. And I said, I don't partner with fear. And I guess it was the way I said it, this guy said to me, you know that God's with you, don't you? This is in a, a hospital. You know that God is with you, don't you? And I said, I do. He said, great. And he disappears. I go down through the corridors, down to the uh, place where they're going to, uh, to the operating theatre and remove my eye. And just as this guy leans across to give me the anesthetic, um, uh, he says to me, I'm going to sing over you. Is that okay? 
And this anaesthetist sang over me, and that's the last I remember until I came to. And what was ringing in my ears as I came to? Not, oh, I've lost my eye, it was the refrain of this song. See, God puts people in your way so that you can go through life. In every circumstance of life, I am with you, glorious Father. Do you remember that song? It's, it's an oldie, isn't it? But it does um, ring true in all of those um, situations. Ford again, this time uh, to uh, 2015, and I have to have um, heart surgery. And after the heart surgery, I come through, uh, uh, come to in a small room, and the nurses are coming in and, and working with me and what have you, and I'm welcoming them into my room, and we're just having a generally good time. I was there for about um, seven days. In the last three days, I saw more nurses uh, coming through my room, because they've, they've said, oh, we've come in here just because you're so cheerful. And everybody else seems to be so miserable. And what, we want to know what it is about you that is so cheerful. And they said, it's because of Jesus. It's because of the love of Jesus. In everything I do, I find the circumstance of life that helps me. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I teach it now in terms of spiritual intelligence. So it looks like, what do you do practically to make this happen for yourself? And I know that you're all sitting there going, you know, that you've got lots of things going through your minds. But here's the thing. It is so, so critical, isn't it, that you know that perfect love casts out fear. And it's that perfect love that casts out fear that is so important. And we just heard the, the stuff about Brenny Brown talking about that joy is not, the opposite of joy is not sadness. It's fear. And fear, as Chris Valerton will tell you, is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. Anxiety is not your friend. You are not supposed to be anxious about anything. And I'm here to tell you that if I can go through those two serious things and not be anxious or fearful through any of it, then you could do the same. And you do it through worship. There is no other way. You do it through worship. And you worship him 24-7. Let me just tell you a quick dark story. So in February last year, um, I uh, was in recovery from this um, uh, open heart surgery. My wife was having to do everything for me. Um, she was uh, having to dress me and all kinds of things. It was just crazy world. Uh, I felt fine, apart from the fact that I couldn't walk so well, um, I got this thing on my leg that wasn't doing so well, etc. I won't go into the gory details, but I was not doing well. So she would, uh, I'd get downstairs in the morning, she'd make some breakfast, make some tea, uh, fill a flask, then go to work. And I used to, it, I ended up doing the very thing that I've always told people not to do. Do you know what that is? Turn the telly on. <laughs> see I've not been sick ever so I don't know what it's like I do now daytime TV is a slow death <laughs> seriously it really is I used to get angry because I'd seen it before 
and I got into a real pickle over it. So I would turn the thing on and leave it on when Diane came home in the evening. She'd make some dinner, we'd have a chat, and then go to watch some more telly and go to bed. That's how my day was going. And I was struggling. And I was struggling, if I'm being honest, I was struggling with God too. Because I could not figure out what I was supposed to do. I was in constant pain uh, if I moved or tried to do anything. Um, and if I tried to do anything too much, I'd get this horrible pain. And i think, oh, I'm ripping myself to pieces. This is never going to work. So anyway, one particular day, Diane came home from work. She walked into the lounge. She said, how are you? I said, don't even ask me. I'm sick of this. I'm absolutely fed up with being here. I don't want to be sick anymore. And she said, well, Alan, believe me, I don't want you to be sick either. You know, it, it is what it is, though. Um, so she went off and made some dinner. Anyway, afterwards, she came back in. I was still in a terrible place. And she said to me, Alan, you need to talk to God about this. Have <sighs> you heard that stuff before? And I go, oh yeah, of course I do. Yeah, like God is listening. You know, so I'm in that kind of place. I really am in a serious place. So I go to bed that evening. Diane puts me to bed. She has to put me into bed. And, oh, yeah. Anyway. Whew, I'm over it. Thank goodness for that. So um, anyway, um, all this is going on. And she says... Please remember to ask God about your situation. Okay. So that's what I do before I go to bed. We have a habit of uh, reading something out of scripture and hearing a song. Uh, that's kind of the habit we've got into. So as we hear this song, I say to God, I'm so desperate, I need your help. And then fell asleep, which was unusual, to be honest. I slept at about three o'clock in the morning and I woke up and God said, Alan, whose body is this? And I went, what kind of a question is that? <laughs> what do you mean? Remember, I'm really angry with God. What do you mean? It's, it's my body, I suppose. What, what, is it, what do you mean by the question? He said, well, who's responsible for your body? Is it me or is it you? Okay, well, I guess it's me. It's my body and I'm responsible for it. So he said, what are you doing about getting better? Uh, I said, well, I'm, uh, I'm resting. And he said, I don't want you to rest. Here's what I think you should do. Uh, when you get up in the morning, I'd like you to walk around for 15 minutes and then sit down for, uh, the, for two hours and then get up and do it again. Would you do that? You can put it in your timer and you can do it all that way. So that's all I do. And I spent that day walking for 15 minutes and then sitting still and then walking for 15 minutes and then sitting still. And I, did, I discovered, of course, that I walked for an hour during that day and I felt completely different. And so what, the reason I'm telling you this story is God doesn't sprinkle fairy dust on you. It, he doesn't solve your problems the way you expect him to. What he so often does is give you practical solutions for what uh, is going on in your life. And it's very powerful. And I'm going to leave you, leave you with this, and, and this is uh, a tribute to a, a good friend of mine who's in the room. It's all about you, Jesus. And all this is for you. It's not about me. It's not about me. As if you should do things my way, you alone are God. And I surrender mm. to your ways. <laughs> <laughs>